Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oi, the boys on Footy Prime on occasion are known to use vulgarities and frankly appalling language. And sometimes tales are quite adult in nature. So keep the volume down if there are kiddies around. And thank you for listening. Oh, let's go! Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. Booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. You know that we are the number one show. So grab your fucking mitts and now it's time to go. Cause it's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. It's the booty, booty, it's time to get this party started. With Danny, Jimmy, Craig, Donald, Jimmy, JC. Five, four, three, two, and one. Well, I'm really a, sorry, everyone. We haven't got amazing opener today from JC. As far as I know, JC is still very ill. Um, almost as ill as Wonga, who is on death's door, by your reports. Um, so neither of those guys are here. Jimmy's fine. Jimmy feels great. He's 100%. Not even a sniffle, but he's not here. Um, he's got his son's soccer match to attend. Coach, maybe? Support? Berate officials from the sidelines? I'm not sure what. So it's just the three of us today. It's Craig, it's B and myself. How you doing, boys? I'm good. Great. Really good. Okay. Good, good. I think we'll handle a three-man podcast. Yeah, we'll think we'll just be just fine. We, so we, we, we thought Jimmy was attending. Up until about five minutes ago. He's so a good my, dad, my great charms. I can't hold it against him. I, I'm not. I understand. I'm not being there. I get it. You know what, it, you know what it's like with, with uh, children's sports. These things just turn up. There's never a schedule in advance. They don't, they don't allow oh, yeah. no. parents to cater around their own work schedules to you know, how to bring their kids to the facilities and no. make sure that they're getting the best development training and support from their parents. It's just on a whim. I think we'll get through it without Jimmy's giggling, though. That's yeah, for sure. Just last minute. Yep, yep. <laughs> just last minute, yep. Anyway, um, lots to get to on, on this Wednesday, fellas. Champions League was pretty incredible today. I'm not sure if you saw it, but the Atletico Madrid game was just nuts. So Atletico took on Leverkusen in Madrid. Um, they had to win this game because earlier in the day, Porto smashed Club Brugge 4-0, with, by the way, Stefan Estacchio starting and scoring for Club Brugge. Uh, Tejan, Porto. Sorry, Porto. Porto, sorry. Tejan Buchanan started for Club Brugge. So Atletico had to beat Leverkusen. It's 2 2, 95 minutes into the game. Corner, bit of a commotion in the box. Nothing happens. Referee blows his whistle. Game's done. All right. Players are trudging off the field. You see Diego Simeone walking towards the tunnel, all, you know, dejected, you know, and then suddenly he stops and he looks back and the camera flashes to the referee pointing to his ear and pushing away some of the players. No, wait, 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 wait. I'm hearing something here. The video assistant referee is talking to him. VAR tells him, you know what? We think there may be the handball in the area in that last play. So he does the old TV screen hand motion, runs over to the sidelines. This is after the game had finished, don't forget, right? Fans are, are flocking out of the stadium. And... Guess what? It's a penalty for handball. And let go get a penalty. They have to go back onto the field, take the penalty, which the goalkeeper saves. Rebound comes out. Atletico player, heads, open header, boom, off the crossbar, comes back out to someone else, has a go, last second of the game, just over the bar. And let go, go drop points and they are 
out of the Champions League. But I tell you what, the drama was incredible. And as much as I hate VAR... Oh, you're okay with that, are you? No, 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 no. I hate VAR. I do. But, but on this particular occasion, it prolonged the drama a little bit. I don't like it prolonging too much drama. But on this occasion, as a neutral fan, yeah, it was all right. My, my, how the tables have turned. Well, I'm pretty sure Atletico fans that had accepted the fact that they were out probably hate the fact that they thought they had a chance and then to see. I mean, that's got to be the most dramatic way to crash out like you can remember. No? Am I just recency bias? I mean, three chances, a penalty after the match had been blown dead, then a penalty, and then three goal-scoring chances, two two rebounds, excuse me, after that penalty was saved. Come on. That, that's, that's what you would insane. call last gasp saloon, right? Yeah, that's like you're you're dejected to, oh my God, we're still in it, to, oh fuck, this is even worse than just a fucking, <laughs> even I'd rather worse. We walk down the tunnel i was i was over it i was getting over it yeah i was halfway on the bus you know thinking about you know oh at least i got my my midweeks off for a while yeah craziness yeah. we still get craziness. europa league i'll tell you what though europa league is pretty good right now you see the team isn't that right you know, so obviously oh, yeah. you got united's still in there um you know um barcelona's gonna be there ajax is gonna be there um oh geez complete brain psv is gonna be there who else is going to be there? Some big teams. It's actually looking really good. Really good. So the Europa mm-hmm. League getting a bit of an injection here. Yeah, West Ham's set the standard. You know it. <laughs> exactly. Let me, find been, this. Let me just find out the uh, Europa League been, teams here. Been a few second. years of that, though. Like, Barcelona's making this a regular habit. You know, go out there and maybe win the Europa League. But, like, this is just a disaster for Laporte and the whole board. With the money that they spent, the moves they had to make in order to be able to register these players, the, the debts that they've had to create in order to just get through like this season. Like not having that Champions League money on a team that, let's be honest, like if they're in the knockout stages, you're you're backing them to have a run. They just couldn't get there. Yeah. yeah. They sold their soul on this too. Yeah. They're gonna be pushing that super league so hard. So hard. So well, hard. what about Lewandowski, right? He makes the move. He decides that, you know, yeah, I'm gonna go to Barcelona. Yeah, wins in Champs League's there, and first first time around, he gets kicked out by his former club Bayern Munich. Did you see Muller's uh, video? No, when what they, was it? When they arrived, uh, they had their suits on, so they were just sort of—I don't know—I think they're arriving at the hotel, and he's got the camera, just his phone on himself. He's like, "Louis, we're coming for you." <laughs> and he just starts laughing, and then one of the other guys goes, "Louis, we are coming for you." Now, that's just mates, right? A bit of banter. Is it, Craig? I mean, you tell me when you're in that world, you're in that football world, and someone leaves to a rival team. Do you take it personally? You can't, right? I'm not sure if they're friends or not. I'm not. But he's just funny about that, any Muller. I mean, he comes across, he's just sort of. Yeah. Wasn't wrong either. Across as a funny character, you mean? Yeah. (laughs) Not a footballer. He doesn't look like a footballer. No. The animated version that that, plays like one. Muller does, yeah. The Bleacher Report, the Champions cartoons that they do, which they've continued to do even after losing the Champions League rights, which I think is absolutely brilliant. The animation and the voice amongst for Thomas Muller might be the best one. I haven't yeah. seen these. Ever? Oh, I sure. don't think so. No. You you don't, your, your child is not interested in football whatsoever? Not at all. Not in the least. Understandable. Unless, I can, unless, living unless, with you, I can see. Unless she's sitting beside me and my team's losing, <laughs> in which case she's loving it. Like, loving it. <laughs> so, so, Daddy, who's winning? Not Liverpool. Ha <laughs> ha! Like, that's not going down well right now, Joe. It's not like you've got um, other things on the go. You're a man with lots of time on his hands at the, in the lead-up to the World Cup here. So I'm going to send you down what I believe will be a two-hour and 17-minute loophole of watching these cartoons that you will die laughing. And it will be great to watch your tweets as you go through this because you're going to live tweet through this the same <sighs> way that F- Craig used to do that when Sportsnet would play matches back on delay when you had multiple Champions League games. <laughs> do, do you remember this, Craig? Oh, yeah. During the Champions League, you would run something live and then they would break for the 6 o'clock show and then you would do a 7 again. And But for you, it was the first watch and as it was for the country. Unless you were, as most people at the time, watching that match illegally. 
and you would be live tweeting at like 7.45, 8.15 p.m. What had happened at the 2.45 match? I remember that now. I, thought, I remember thinking, what the hell is he doing? <laughs> oh, my God. He just he went over the bar. You're like, it's 8.17. What is he talking about? <laughs> was that when Craig was just beginning to figure out Twitter? What's uh, changed? Yeah, so, <laughs> so figuring it out. <laughs> yeah technology well yeah so some of those cartoons I'll, I'll, I'll give them a whirl so they're not for kids they are just like adult themed adult humored uh they, they are more adult themed i would say it's not like okay. rick and morty stuff um it's still what i would call uh older child friendly but so what's rick and morty what's this rick and morty you speak of that's like more of an adult catered I don't know what that, is either. that um uh, you know swearing in adult themes this is more um it's like older child friendly i would say but it's it's definitely catered towards adults but it's just so brilliant like it's it's very footy show exploding heads type of comedy um exploding really heads work into animation i love those guys they're just yeah. hilarious i still miss uh special one tv on satanta it's kind of like the evolution of that it's a so an animated evolution of that with a american flair in the sense that um you just have a lot more resources like the the from the list of voices to the animated characters um it's very creative stuff i'm disappointed so looks, that you've never seen it looks and sounds great but it isn't really quite as funny because it's american is that kind of what you're saying here no i think that you'll still find it uh funny very funny um but i mean if you're if you were european you may feel like mm, that sounds like an american like production but i think I the way you consume football and here and your sense of comedy, you will, I think, enjoy it. I'll appreciate it. Okay. Yeah, you well, should appreciate it. Send me that Aaron 10-minute loop away. Hell is nine. I will endeavor to watch it. Brilliant. Um, Liverpool beat. Um, who are they playing today? Darwin Nunez scored 3-0. No one's jumping in here, eh? Did you guys watch any Champions League today at all? Yeah. Okay. Did you watch this game? Look, I've got another analyst here who's a ex pro like you're the you're hosting i didn't, I I didn't just... watch that no it was you know i actually looked really good actually in the uh first half most of the first half then the tables turned Salah scores a goal nunez could have had a hat trick today he had one really bad bad miss but then he scored the goal nice header so uh, i think slowly but surely he's finding himself scored in four straight games i believe six overall Let's compare him to Haaland. He's not as good as Haaland, so therefore he's shit. That's kind of the whole narrative, I think, right now around Darwin Nunez. But uh, So they advance in first place, looking pretty good. Um, Spurs drew Sporting. Again, late in the game, it was kind of crazy in this one as well. If you saw this, uh -huh. um, yeah. a goal, Spurs score, Harry Kane, last second. Takes a while, a long VAR, a long one, like three, four minutes, and eventually he's ruled offside. In the process, Conte gets a red card on the sidelines. His second this season, by the way. One in the Prem, one in the Champions League. Uh, Spurs drop points there. So they've got to go to Marseille now to pick up points in the That's final right. match. Yeah, I think they need a point, right? A yeah. point would be enough. Yeah. But, yeah. holy shit, what a difference. They wouldn't have had to need anything, <laughs> right? That's a difficult fixture. Yeah. But everybody's in it in the group, right? Eight, seven, seven, six points. Marseille's, in fact, last place with six points. Spurs top with eight. Yeah, Marseille hasn't been great this year overall, have they? They had their moments. They oh. brought some really great moments to the Champions League, but they haven't actually uh, done enough to, to advance just yet. But So it's tight. PSG mm. smashed Maccabee for 7-2 yesterday. Everyone's happy at PSG these days, boys, eh? Messi mm -hmm. scoring and Neymar scoring, Mbappe scoring, they're hugging, they're smiling. So much for all the, the, the scandals behind the scenes at that club. Everything's perfect, right? All set up for a beautiful last 16 uh, ouster in the last <laughs> minute against Man City or someone. And then a couple spots below it, that's Juve, isn't it? Juve's out there in the Europa League, yeah. Yeah, that's a complete disaster for them. I mean, they, they needed Champions League football. They needed to advance. Mm -hmm. They have no money. I was listening to, uh, I forget who it was, an Italian correspondent on, on Talk Sport today. And uh, she was saying, you know, they, they can't afford to fire Max Allegri. That's why he's still there. They literally can't afford it. The deal is on number of years. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what a place to be where you, 
you make too much money to be fired. Usually it's the opposite. <laughs> As yeah. some of us might know over the years. <laughs> yeah. But another so club, much money, but you must be miserable, right? Old Super League phone. Yeah. Because if you're Max Allegri, B, I mean, you're not happy there. You can't be happy there. Um, the fans want you out. The owners yeah. realize it was a mistake. They, they want you out, but they can't do anything about it. I mean, there must be an element of self-loathing, even though you're making all this money and you've got to stick around. It's kind of like the Brendan Rodgers scenario on the continent. Yeah, maybe. But I think um, perhaps the difference there is that Allegri probably still believes he can fix the problem. You've got to believe in yourself. I think that Brendan Rodgers knows that he's maxed out exactly all he can do, and he's not getting the support around him. And as it starts to t- kind of turn in the change room with some players, not to say that Fofana was totally a bad apple, but I think it was very clear Fofana wanted to go. The club didn't see a reason to see him out, but he didn't believe in the project. I'm speaking of Fofana. That's a very different situation. Whereas I think Allegri probably feels like, oh, no, I'm going to fix this until they kick me out of here. Yeah, you got to believe in yourself, Charms. Come on, man. I don't see. I'm sure he thinks he's a good coach. I'm sure of it. But just when everyone wants you out, but it must, it must be a tough place to be when you make so much money, right? So you need the, you don't need the paycheck, but the paycheck's nice coming in each every couple of weeks. Your fans want you out. The owners want you out. But you're in this kind of limbo that they can't fire you. You can't walk away from that money, can you? It no, can't be going to work very much fun. And it gives you a chance to turn things around because he does believe in himself. I don't know. Well, I guess Brendan Rodgers actually just turned things around at Leicester, right? Maybe you know, we thought he was in the same position. He really has. Then- Do you think that Max Allegri wakes up in the morning and looks himself in the mirror and goes, I'm the Brendan Rodgers of Italy? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But I, I, I think Brendan Rodgers wakes up in the morning and goes, you know what? I am the Brendan Rodgers of England. <laughs> Pretty sure that. Did you think that uh, he was going to get poached? Since we're not not to force your transition here into the managerial appointment of one great. I know you're just dying minutes. to get to Villa here. You're just dying to get to Villa. Well, um, I am wearing well, a Benfica hat today. It's because we're in the Champions League, and uh, <clears throat> you're talking yeah, about we Brendan Rodgers. Every single, every single group. Was that Craig? You're talking about Brendan Rodgers getting poached. We yeah, had well, last last podcast, and we talked about it. We said, you know, that might be a fit of Villa if Villa wanted Brendan Rodgers. They could say to him, "Listen, we'll come here, come to us. We'll pay you the money you want." Then he would walk away from Leicester, who then wouldn't have to pay him the money they owe him. Yeah, so but then Leicester owners would there. say, "We want it. We want money," and it'd be a shit show. Well, Villarreal got money, and Rangers got money last year. We're seeing this. This is becoming a trend again. It seemed like this died for a while, where clubs weren't poaching managers that already had positions. It was rare, and now it's it's commonplace. I think sporting fans were terrified that it might happen for. Ruben Amarim. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, what did Chelsea pay Brighton for Potter? Was it five or more? Was it that much? Was it? it might be more, actually. I mean, fair enough, mm-hmm. though. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. If you want to poach a under, man under contract, you've got to pay for that. Yeah. But you better be the right guy. So are we going it, to dissect why Unai Emery is the right guy? and why, why is Unai Emery the right guy for Aston Villa B? Oh, you mean uh, Europa League Emery? Are you kidding me? The dreams of that Europa League parade down B6? Oh, in 20, in 20 what, what, what year will it be? 24-25? Villa's going to win the Europa League in 24-25. Oh, what a dream it's going to be. Craig, I was trying to get you on a trip, a little footy prime road trip to go watch West Ham. In the Europa League in the final, member <laughs> Trying to get, plan that Sevilla trip. You're like, yeah. oh, they're not there yet. Don't be doing that. It didn't happen. Well, yeah. let me tell you. It's, it's going to happen with a guy who managed Sevilla and a guy who manages Villa. God, he's, he's got all three, right? Sevilla, Villarreal, yeah. and now Aston Villa. He's got all of them. <laughs> That's right. I never thought about that before. Yeah. Aston is that Villa, why he took yeah. it? That is why he took it. Probably. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. This will be his last job. He's going to do whatever he does with Villa and retire. <laughs> what more can not he do? They'd be like kind of perfect, oh, wouldn't God, it? If they were best buds, imagine. Number two on the sidelines. Oh, that would be a ton. That would be a lot. But then it's hard, right? You're going back and forth. Spanish, English, Spanish, English. Yeah, that's true. Can look great you know, I, I, think, I think Unai is going to be there for a long time. I think it's a fantastic hire. Mm. Thank you, Craig. Before we get B's yeah. one-eyed bias. Oh, he'll, 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 get them promoted next, he'll get him promoted out of the division below next year. <laughs> He'll take him down and back up again. 
They never get think close to that. Do you think he'd stick around? No. I think I he might. Think so. I like him. He's a nice fella. I think he's loyal. <laughs> Apart from to be a real, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was loyal to them. I think uh, I can understand why this, you know, you got to imagine that there were other clubs in the summer that would have tested the waters for him and would have yeah, knocked would on the door so. or put their put a bug in his agent's ear. Yeah. But do you think he was just waiting to get back to England? He's got that big chip in his shoulder from how it ended at Arsenal. And he's dying to get back to England to show the rest of England, listen, I am a good manager. I wasn't given the backing at, at Arsenal that like Mikel Arteta has been given. A lot of his success is based upon the foundations that I started at Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a big chip in his shoulder. I agree with you. I heard you say that specifically earlier, and uh, I totally agree with you that Mikel Arteta's a lot of his success you can put down to the foundations that Unai kind of already put in place. And I can't wait to see him do that at Villa. But I think that the only job he was going to leave for was a Premier League job, yes, that he believed in. I don't think any Premier League job. I don't think if Wolves had come knocking that he would have left Villarreal. But he was only ever going to leave Villarreal for a Premier League job. And I'm thankful he's felt this is the one. We'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> well, his, his first few games are... Uh... Oh, is it, is it Villa's first few games are pretty tough coming up? Is it Arsenal this weekend? No, I'll tell you the fixture list here. I'm not here. Let me take a look here. The that'd be good. We were t- we've talked a lot about this break, though, eh, Craig? Like the World Cup break. And if you're, it's Newcastle. I knew it was a tough one. I forgot That's what right. it was. They go up to St James's Park, um, which is a great test for him because you'll see if they can replicate this manager, new manager bounce. Now that they have a, will have a, a plan in place and someone they know that they're playing for against it a is team that's playing twice. really well. There you go. It's Manu twice. Once in the cup, in the Carabao Cup, and then it's Brighton before the break. So it's a tough start, especially coming off that 4-0 win against Brentford. If he, if he drops points against Newcastle and against United, then old, um, what's his name again? Dinky Winky. I forget his name, the guy that coached last time out. Dinks. Aaron Danks. Aaron Danks. That's the one. Maybe he was the right guy. Throwback to the last episode where you just pulled a... a- Dunlop on Craig, where I was in the middle of some great story about Newcastle, and you just came in bulldozing with Manchester United on the fixture list. <laughs> Sorry, go back. And, and no, what you're you talking about. It's fine. It's just how Eddie Howe has created a masterpiece up on Tyneside, but that's okay. Yes, yeah, he's done very well. They're playing great football. <laughs> that that is uh, actually, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was Eileen who tweeted us, um, and I believe uh, you know it, it seemed like a funny tweet, but you can never really tell uh, tone and context in text or tweets, as we know. And I think that she was genuinely upset, Craig, that I'd cut you off. She repeatedly called me rude for ruining the story and felt that while you completed the story, that She's I had right. totally It was absolutely atrocious. I, lost, I woke up the other night just thinking, I was so rude. <laughs> you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about podcast, podcast interruptions? Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, it's just that one because it was just really rude. So blatantly rude. What's yeah. worse? Which one was it? What's the story? What, what, what part did you interrupt him? Was Charmin on the show? Yeah, Sunday. I was there. The Yallop story. He's in the yeah, middle of the yeah. Yallop story. Well, JC story. came in, right? And he goes, we got, we got a guest. We got a guest. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. so really it was JC's fault, not my fault. Right. Yeah, it was JC. In really. fairness. Yeah, because you, you, I mean, I was distracted. I knew something was coming. And you were, you took a pause yeah. in the story that sounded like an end of the story. Uh, but Craig does that. Yeah. He does that. He speaks very well. But he has these pauses that catch you off guard, and, and you try and fill the pause. You, you fill the pause because you know dead air is our enemy as broadcasters. But JC is in the background, right? He's got everything on mute, and he's talking to Amy, right? And he's like, "Oh, we're going to bring you in, bring you in, right?" He's not even listening to anything what we're talking about because we don't talk about anything that important that he can't cut us off. So he's like, "Hey, here we go. We got a special guest, Amy Walsh." Woohoo! And it broke you a little great. bit. A little bit of Craig died that moment. I had a great Yallop story. Yallop. It was ruined. Was that the Yallop one about being subbed off or subbed on? Subbed off all yes. the time. May have heard it before. Yeah. It's a good one, though. So back to your, your silky voice, Craig. Um, Wonga has requested. Actually, he didn't. It was B, but we'll pretend it's from Wonga for his big old hairy mail sack. We need you to... Uh, really focus on, on Wonga's sack today. 
and read out a couple of these for us. Can you do it for us? Do you have them? Not yet. They're in the rundown I sent. Why am I not surprised? I'm not surprised either. <laughs> also, I'm I'm very confused by the how fast this show is moving. What do you have? Oh no to no do no! It's it? because yeah. B because this one it kind of relates to ah, the Emirates. Fairness. Ah, perfect. right. The first one, right? Because because here I am thinking like, oh god, have I missed my chance to talk about how amazing Benfica is and how they're the best engine turnover engine in all of football? Um, you didn't miss your chance. There wasn't a chance. Oh, okay. Fair enough. So, next time you're hosting the fucking show, you can put that in there, okay? <laughs> <laughs> we can't go over every single Champions League game. It's not what we do here. It's not oh, us. Oh my god. Yeah, you did. It was I. I thought I was on a different program. I thought, is this BBC Five Live? I got, this, I'm this trying to funny. find the rundown on here, and all I got is like something about a limp dick. I don't know what that is about. <laughs> that, no, a little bit past that one. Right, dark hold web. On. Don't, don't read from the dark web, Craig. Oh, <laughs> Craig, Craig, are you reading your are you reading your doctor's emails again? Yeah, I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> I remember. Where's we the, talked about this. Where Craig. is Wonger's sack? We're having real difficulty locating Wonga's sack right now. <laughs> you think it'd be where it always is, wouldn't you? Where is? You know, let me try and copy and paste it into the chat here, okay, for you, Craig. All right? Yeah, because I can't find it. Okay, let me try this. Let's see if this works. Hope it's good. Is it? Yeah, you is should it? post it actually, because I'm looking at your message charms, and I don't know what you expected to read either. Yeah, right? Why don't you just read it? No, because, because it's funnier when you read it. Yeah. What do you mean funnier? Because I can't read? No, you read well. That's the point. No, I don't. What? Yeah, you do. I think you read just fine. What? What's it, what do you mean? Is it your vision? <laughs> well, I don't know. But apparently I, Jimmy's uh, kid trains every other Wednesday. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right. I can't get this. To, let, let me read it this time, okay? Then we'll, next time uh, Wong is away, we'll get you. Uh... Just for the record, you can copy and paste the message. Well, That's why it's, on, quit? it's on my WhatsApp here. That's why it's kind of difficult. Oh, so you didn't send it. Just read it. No, I did. Oh, okay, here it is. All right. So this is from our friend Carrie, Carrie Ryan, right? It's for our former pros. Unfortunately, it's former pro because one of our former pros ditched us. Um, have you ever been at a club that sacked the manager mid-season or heard stories from those who went through it, wondering how it handled? It was handled with the players and the staff and what the experience looks like. So Craig, did you ever have a manager fired midseason? Yeah, a couple. John Lyle got fired. I can't, we were gutted about that because he was just top man. And we might have got relegated, but so what? I mean, he should have stayed. It was not him. He was amazing. Well, did it surprise you when it happened? Yeah, it did. It really did. And then two games later, we got beat 9-0 under George Burley at Man United. That was because the talk before the pregame talk in the dressing room at Old Trafford was, they won't expect us to attack. <laughs> We're like, oh. That was his first okay. game in charge? Uh, no, first, maybe second, third, maybe. Maybe first. No, wasn't his first. Isn't second. that how uh, some Canada teams have played? I don't know, maybe about the teams that you're, you've been on, but to say that's how some Canada teams have played, they won't expect us to attack. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. They wouldn't expect it. So in that case, so you got a new manager in place and yeah. you lose 9-0 and you, you, he's given you what you think is bad advice. How hard is it for him to get the room back after that? Did he get it back? Actually, he did. I mean, we, we did get relegated, but he ended up getting Ipswich back into the Premier League again and uh, finished fifth in the Premier League. Remember, they were in Europe. They had that unbelievable year. I was at West Ham and then... They sign all these guys to contracts, long contracts, because they figure, well, they're going to keep us in the Premier League. We just finished fifth. Like, we're all good, right? Well, they got relegated the next year. Mm-hmm. And they were stuck with all these contracts, including George Burley being owed money. And they went into receivership. It was just – and they haven't really recovered until, I would say, recently even. They're, they're in second place in the third tier, League One, and they're great support. You know, for a small town, they're getting 26,000 people to the game. It's, it's, it's quite phenomenal. So it's, there's a bit of a buzz around Ipswich again, which is nice. But yeah, that was one. And then, uh, well, there was Harry, but Harry got fired when I uh, was going through my one-nut situation. 
And then John Duncan had Ipswich. I think he was mid-season too. That's right, because with Harry, you're going yeah. through that, and you thought they were going to bring you back. Did not under. Oh, there was a de- yeah, there was a there was a year. Yeah, they had a, a year extension. I was like 35, so I understand that. But my agent is like, Dad, we'll, we'll get a two-year extension because uh, that's what I wanted. Obviously, first a bit of security, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, in the meantime, I I got testicular cancer and then come back. And with the agent, we said, obviously, under the circumstances, we won't go for the two years. We'll accept the one year that's on the table. That was Glenn Rhoda, who I had a lot of respect for, but he was new in the job. And I think he was just doing what the club told him to do. And they just said it's not on the table anymore. So it was like, oh, thanks. But then yeah. you wouldn't have moved to Canada and started your broadcasting career. You wouldn't have got to know us and you wouldn't be sitting here right now, Craig. That's true. Yeah. So you actually own Glen, you owe Glen Rhoda and those evil bastards at West Ham a lot. <laughs> Although in fairness, he probably would have you know, been doing all the media reps that uh, Peter Schmeichel does now. And he'd <laughs> yeah, be maybe. getting paid millions to be on CBS's coverage with Thierry Henry and Micah Richards and kicking balls into the Hudson River. Yeah, exactly. Do you think, Craig, you would have stayed there? Uh, or was the plan always to come back to Canada? Post career, always come back. It was oh, yeah, always yeah. Do you think you would have? What would have pulled you back though? Just retirement? Or well, just the happen? country itself. I just loved the outdoors and grew up in BC, and yeah, it's just coming back home, right? Yeah. Still haven't made it back west yet. <laughs> going to say, you live in Toronto. <laughs> I'm getting closer. <laughs> I think I'll skip, I'll skip Manitoba. Well, there's some good fishing in Manitoba. Lots of lakes. Yeah. <laughs> Get over it's the prairies. Too late. But uh, speaking of uh, testicular cancer, you see Sebastian Hoye is back in training with Dortmund uh, this week. He was Sebastian uh, diagnosed. Who? Sebastian Hoye. 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 Sebastian Aller. Yeah, pronounced Hoye. Who calls him that? I've heard Hoyer. I've always gone Hoyer. Okay. Not Holler. Holler? You say Holler? Like the, the he was anglicized as like literally Sebastian Holler. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. Anyway, regardless, yeah. he's back in training this week. He made, he made a big move to uh, Dortmund from Ajax. Don't forget. 31 million. Then got diagnosed in the off season. And he's back training already. So good for him. Mm-hmm. Cannot be easy. All right, B, uh, B yeah. you haven't quite yeah. finished Unai Emery. So tell us. Before we move on, what, what are you thinking? How excited are you? You said that you were smiling from the moment you woke up and, and heard about this. You were just giddy with life. Yeah, I'm, it's just exciting to have hope in your football club. This is something that both of you have enjoyed in the last two years. You won a title in the pandemic. Um, Watch your team win the title in the pandemic, Charms. And Craig, you saw your team run to the semifinals of the Europa League. And, you know, as exciting as it's been for Aston Villa to win seven games a season, uh, I'm really looking forward at the prospect of more. And I'm really looking forward to them to, to play and have an identity and uh, take a big step forward that, you know, I honestly think they thought they could do with Steven Gerrard. A lot of people did think um, I wanted him to succeed. In reality, um, you know, it, there's, a, I think, a very a f- several reasons why it didn't work out. It wasn't going to work out in that room. And now you've got someone that, with a chip on his shoulder, something to prove, someone who's done it in the Premier League, which Steven Gerrard didn't as a, as a manager. Um, I'm just excited for what he can do with this squad. As you've said on several programs, it's a strong lineup. I think it's a, it's a lineup that's often overlooked. And in a few years past, I would have looked at comparable teams like Everton and Newcastle and even Wolves and say, God, I would have died for that lineup. And I'm not saying that now because I think they have the uh, enough pieces that, that uh, I believe in can do something with a good manager, and I think Unai's that guy. We'll see, won't we? Guess we will. That's the beauty of football. Craig is so dismissive of this hiring. No, I just Why? think I, I'm just not sure. Well, we'll see. I mean, he's an excellent manager. There's no doubt. I'm just not sure the squad's as strong as as I think. Well, listen. I mean, listen. It's, it's not a yeah, Champions League qualifying squad, right? But let's be honest. Right. It's not a relegation team. Squad. You, no, I wouldn't. No. But you wouldn't say that about most clubs, would you? No. Most squads are pretty. <laughs> yeah, but it's so it's hard to predict. I mean, look at this year. Who had Fulham in their bottom three? I think a lot of people did. 
Yeah, probably. And they've yeah. been superb. Yeah, they'll get relegated next year. Yeah, quite possibly. When, when Mitrovic yeah. gets scooped up by someone for like 70 million, right? United. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's one of the most unpredictable seasons we, we've ever seen. All people talk about is Man City and they're in the second place. Yeah, that's a good point. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Do you think I it's because we, people don't believe in Arsenal? Or is it that Arsenal has slipped down um not the importance meter but i think it's because the can they sustain this because their history tells us so that they Mm -hmm. can't and this is a huge you know um success story really that is unexpected and maybe a little bit too soon you know when you kind of go are they are they that good are they good enough to sustain it? I'm not sure. Yeah, you're right. Well, when you I would say no. Know. I think I think Man City looks at. I'm looking at them and watching them every single game for you know the last few years, and they just look as though they're going to win just about every game they play. Arsenal looked pretty good, but the other day, even against Southampton, they dropped points when they should have been two or three up at halftime. So, you know, it's a it's tough to make that jump from, you know, where they were, where they've been and going on to win a title that, uh, that soon, but it's really fun to see. It's fun to see Arsenal doing well again, actually. I think the, uh, because the, the battle for them has been not for titles, but trying to get back in the top four for, for some time now, right? The decline yeah, exactly. was rapid when it happened, wasn't it? Even under Wenger, mm-hmm. people forget it wasn't like Wenger left, like with Fergie left, they were champions and then they sucked. Under Wenger for, for several years, they were very average. And the, the knives were out for him. So it's been this, this steady decline over some time. They're almost like this, this caricature of what they once were. And now suddenly, oh, actually, well, maybe, this, maybe it's like the old Arsenal again. Maybe they're going to be contending once again for trophies in top four football. And you know, from what I've seen so far, they show that steel that they haven't had in the past. And I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to win it this year. Um, but they're going to finish top four. I think that's mm-hmm. said it's unpredictable, but from what I've seen so far, they're definitely with, with what's happening this year in the Premier League with the other teams around them and the um, inconsistencies. They're, they're going to finish top four this year, and then that's your platform to become perhaps a contender. So maybe, like I said, maybe this year's too early to win the championship, but mm-hmm. we shouldn't really be even talking about them at a championship. Yeah. I'm sure Arteta wasn't thinking that before the season. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. Just get themselves looking as though they're making these improvements every year, getting that top four. And now all of a sudden it's like you can see he's he's working it as hard as he you know is the pace they've got to stay at, right? That's the problem. I mean, it's just their Man City situation when you just look at them and then how dominant they, they look. It's not that Arsenal can't compete for the title, it's just that what's Man City gonna finish on this year? Points-wise, it's going to be tough to beat. Arsenal yeah. look like a side that can contend um, for the title, but look like a side that will be playing Champions League football. And I think that's what we've been talking mm-hmm. about for the last few years. They just wanted that. God, if they can contend for the title, that'd be amazing. But like, just look like a side that deserves to and will be in the in the Champions yeah. League finish top four. And Arsenal look like that now. And the way, Craig, you first described them, Craig, Arsenal, it reminds me of how we spoke about Liverpool in that season that they won in 2020, where I think we all felt like, you know, they were running away with it. The pandemic happened and then thought, oh God, could this be? As you think about what that winter was like, even before the pandemic happened, where they really were starting to run away with it, but you still had this doubt because it was Liverpool because they hadn't done it in England because it had seemed so unattainable for them that you just thought, you know, even 10 10 points isn't enough for them. I'm getting that feeling now with Arsenal. Yeah. Well, we also said that about Leicester too for the longest time. Remember when they're, they're top of the table and we're like, wow, they can't, they can't sustain this. And then Christmas came and it was like January, February, and pretty something, you know. So never say never. Nope. And listen, top teams don't usually win every single year, every single year. You get the dominant teams, we know that. But even Real Madrid don't win every year. Barca didn't win every year when they were great Man City have won a lot, right? Uh, maybe it's time for a little hiccup there. And maybe it's a team like Arsenal. You know, and like Craig said, I'm, I'm glad they're doing well. I'm really glad they're doing well. 
They are uh, as well. fun to watch. I mean, Odegaard, how much fun is he to watch at the moment? A guy that was supposed to be the next Messi when Real signed him at a very young age. Really unfair. And people kind of forgot. I, I know I did. I forgot about him. Yeah. Um, and then he arrives at Arsenal, kind of under the radar. I uh, remember this, this once upon a time wonder kid. Can he resurrect his career? Well, he is absolutely brilliant. And, and he captains the side now as well. Yeah. That's crazy, right? Yeah, I think he was 21, maybe 22 when he turned up at Arsenal. And it was like, oh, can he save his career? Or is he going to end up playing MLS at 24? Was he 16 or 15 at Real? I forget it's, now it's, what it was. Super young, though. and like He was a prodigy. The next yeah. guy that's going to change the way we watch football. And here we are. He's, he's doing that for this team. Uh, Saka is being just brilliant. Arguably the top player in the league this season. He's not you think Harman. so, hey? Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, to me, for, for England right now, I mean, there's no debate that he starts for that team. Yeah. Are you debating that that he's starting on one side of Kane? Yeah. Yeah, I think up there. So they're both in. But but you're now you're, you're guaranteeing they're both in. Well. Oh, I'm, I'm thinking Saka, Kane, and Foden will be your front three. Yeah. I think. Yeah, I think in- if you're... I think Saka's probably pipped... Grealish or um, Raheem Sterling. Yeah, Raheem's taking a step back. It's funny, right? Chelsea, I think. He hasn't been, very quietly, he's been quite average this year. Yeah, yeah, I know. But but strange team, right? Like, um, very much a team in transition that hasn't been poor. This is the the thing. Like, they stuttered to start the year. They fired Tuchel. But they haven't been really poor. They just haven't been as excellent as you'd expect. Title, they haven't looked like title contenders. You're right. They haven't had that, that stretch of games when they've been diabolically terrible. Like, what's yeah. happened to Chelsea? Oh my God, they're going to get relegated. They've always been just kind of average when this team should be more than that. But since he came aboard, unbeaten in nine games, lots of clean sheets. Um, he had Sterling playing at wingback mm-hmm. in the Champions League this week. on the right, mm-hmm. And Pulisic on the other side at wingback. Yeah, so Pulisic he, did that at Dortmund a few times. But I'd, I I would love to like sit and have a coffee with Graham Potter and see those training sessions. We're talking about all or nothing and how much we fell in love with Mikel Arteta. Tell me you wouldn't you don't wish that the cameras were in that Chelsea change room. I think after Unai Emery, he might be the most likable manager yeah. in the Premier League. Unai Emery leads mm-hmm. the league in likability. Oh yeah, for sure. Really? That voice. Good evening. <laughs> good evening. Good evening. And good evening. I, I've been waiting for the tweet. He hasn't. They Villa haven't put out him at uh, Bodymore Heath yet, and I'm waiting for the tweet so I can say um, Unai has entered the Villa. Uh, do you is, get the reference? Happen, I don't do you think? think you get the reference. They went for the squeaky as opposed to the deep Sean Dyche. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be very different. We're talking about parallel universes. What if Craig kept playing and stayed in England? Yeah. What if Villa hired Sean Dyche? He would have been there already for starters. He's going to change his name to Sean 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 Yali Dicky Yali. Yeah, get a squeaky voice. Change your name. Yeah, I, I was hoping that he'd get the job because I want to see him in a in a good club. See what we can do. But his chance will come at some point. Maybe it's got to be in the lower division again, which is unfair. But maybe it's got to be that. Um, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what Chelsea can do with Potter and what England can do with that front three and, and nothing at the back. Maybe Trevor Shabala, uh, Shabala, Shalaba, yeah, Shalaba, Jesus, Shalaba, yeah. Maybe he makes the squad now. He, he looked pretty good for Chelsea this week in the Champions League. So, lots of talking points now in the World Cup. Um, before we get to one more, I, actually, Craig, I sent you on the dark web uh, the one review which which B wants you to write to read out. Uh, we'll get to it shortly. Not quite yet. Um, Wilfred Nancy has been linked with a move to Columbus mm. this past week. Uh, the Montreal coach, of course, did a great job there at CF Montreal. Big off-season coming up there, yeah. as we spoke about with Amy Walsh last week. Um, but he's been linked with Columbus, who have a lot of money to spend. And in the end-of-season press conferences, um, although they admitted that, yeah, the uh, extension automatically kicked into his contract, but he wasn't prepared to talk about it just yet, which is kind of mm. conspicuous, I thought. What do you think, B? Do you think Wilfred Nancy... Uh, his future lies elsewhere because that's a big rebuild job, I think, this this offseason at Montreal, given who's leaving. 
It is a big rebuild job, and I think it was just the expectation that, well, you know, they overachieved this season. They've got something good going. We talked about how strong the pipeline looks, but we argued with Jimmy about how much of a rebuild this actually is. Like, it's six core pieces, five or six core pieces that you're you're losing. I can understand if maybe Wilfred Nancy thought this was his chance to win it. He got close to having a team that should have challenged in the playoffs, and he wants to stay at that at that level and Columbus might be able to provide him that. Uh, so I could see his head being turned, which honestly is a real disappointment for CF Montreal, because I think they, of all the kind of the big names that they went through and uh, you know, even going back to the beginning to Jesse Marsh, someone who was a real upstart manager who um, was always that type of guy that I think they thought they'd keep for a little bit, wouldn't stay forever. It kind of felt like Nancy could be the guy that has five, six, seven years there, you know, like Heath in Minnesota. And if uh, at this first opportunity here, um, he ends up leaving, um, that's going to be a real blow for a side that really is the smallest market team in, in MLS, despite how big of a passion there is in that city and how big of a city Montreal really is. Yep, I think it's a pretty concerning times for Montreal fans. And I think we said it last week that perhaps this wasn't the start of something. Mm-hmm. It could have been the end of something, which is... Mm-hmm. Disappointing. Um, before we end here, Craig, um, I'm sure you heard this. Well, there's a report out there that Alfonso Davis has agreed his image rights deal with Canada. This after it was kind of broken the media a week or so ago that his agent had uh, instructed Canada to stop selling his shirts with his name on. So the reports are that he has signed hmm. his own image rights deal with Canada, but not the rest of the team, his brothers, so to speak. Does this that rub you correct. the wrong way? Is it the future? Is this what's happening? What is your, your thoughts on individual players negotiating their own image rights with their national federations? Well, they basically created a union and basically what's happened is if you're going to solve a problem like they have with that, go to the guy that's the top guy first and get him sorted out, get him locked in to what he's pleased with, what the association is pleased with. And they'll go on and they'll do the same with everybody else. But inevitably, I think this will be signed pretty soon. And I think what will happen is, you 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 know, the 10 million bucks, as we know, they've offered, I think, before 40, 40, 20. And the women this summer will be making money when the men are at World Cup. And next World Cup, when the women are playing, the men, when they're not, they'll be making money off them. So it's, uh, I think it, it will be in the end true equity and equal pay between the men and the women's national teams. I think they're getting there. And I think some of the stuff that we, you know, Rick West had puts out, you know, it's, it's some of it's misleading a little bit too, and a little bit unfair. And I'm as hard as on the CSA as most people in the past have been really hard on them. Um, but at the end of the day, if, like him or not, Nick Bontis, you can dislike the man, but he's, been there less than two years. Earl Cochran has been there doing his job for less than a year. So a lot of the stuff that they got involved with in the CSA were the reasons why they got involved in the CSA is the, the same reasons we're bitching about is they wanted to go in there and try and change things. So then we got to give them a chance, you know, um, give them a fair crack at it. And if they, if they make things better, then the, so be it. And if they can get this thing sorted out, I think, we can move forward in a much more positive manner. And I think we'll have the, the, this locked up uh, hopefully in the next uh, very soon, very short while anyway. Yeah, listen, I mean, I, I so that's my that two much. bits on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot of bitch out there. So sick of it. You know, it makes, doesn't it drive you crazy? Like we're they're at the freaking World Cup and you got all this shite going on around the side of it. Whoever it is, whatever anybody's fault it is, it's just enough is enough. Let's get on with oh, just enough. playing the football because it's an exciting team. We got a chance, you know. It's going to be fun to watch, that's for sure. So I think Craig, I think people enjoy bitching at Canada soccer, right? And for good reason. In the past, we're not going to go over that. We understand why they're they're, they're not trusted amongst the, the Canadian soccer faithful. We get that, yeah. but it's always difficult when one side of an argument decides to go public and use the media to get their points across and to argue their corner, fight mm. their corner. And the other side yeah. doesn't because you only get in one side of the story and there's always two sides. So for people who are just all prepared to jump all over the Canada soccer right now, just appreciate that there are two sides and there's plenty of fingers to point at enough mm-hmm. groups here, but it's not all one-sided. I mean, if you're thinking about Nick Bond, Nick Bond is a, is a non-paying position. He's doing it because he's a soccer guy. I mean, he has to be, the reason why he got into it. But he's also in a position that 
he can't bankrupt the CSA. There's, he has to look after the futsal team and all these different other, the beach soccer teams and all these different things, you know, like there's a ton of stuff and there's a ton of gear that goes out too. And sometimes you have to hand some of that gear back, even the first teams. That's just the way it's always been, right there wrongly. But we're not a first tier country from Nike's point of view. They prove that to us. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Yeah, I think it's a good point. The whole suit argument, I mean, you've got to... I don't know. It, I don't think that was about Kansas not buying enough 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 gear. So not not being given enough gear from their suppliers. <laughs> it's really that yeah, that's that's the deal with Nike. That's yeah. whether it was a good deal or a bad deal. But that, all that stuff was pre, and then and then uh, even the Canadian soccer business was pre Bontis. But it was also a time we were ranked 122 in the world, something like that. Like it was like. They couldn't get freaking money for nothing. Like, and by the way, they haven't had sponsorship of three million bucks a year for the last few years because of the pandemic. Like, it's oh, I know. And the belief that there's hundreds of millions of duck bucks out there just isn't the case. It's not their program right now. And it just when they isn't. do, and when they do make money, guys, that goes back. These are the owners of the CPL too. A lot of them, right? So this goes back in Jonathan de Guzman being part of uh, the uh, system that he's involved with really makes him part of CSB. What, you right? what system? Yeah, what system? Well, de Guzman is with the, uh, the team in Barry, right? That's oh, part Julian. of the league. Or Julian, sorry. Part of the, uh, the League One or whatever? Or? League One Ontario. He's, yep. he's with the team. He's with Simcoe, not with Barry. Oh, okay, Simcoe. He was originally with Barry. Aren't they part, part, that is part of the CSB as an owner? You're part of... That's League One Ontario. I I, I don't know the specifics yeah. of the. I don't know the specifics. Then yeah, I'm right. not either. But anyway, like there's there's a lot of that, and those owners of the Canadian Soccer League, they're not making any money off this Canadian Soccer Premier League. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're losing money. They're mm-hmm. losing millions. Mm-hmm. Millions. Yeah, and you're part of CSB, and that goes back into the system to make sure that league keeps going and things like that. That they sit back and do it like. These are all development things. I want all the players to make 10 million bucks each to go to the World Cup and all the women to make 10 million bucks each. They deserve it. But the fact of the matter is it's not out there and it has so much to go around. And to be fair to Pontus, he can't bankrupt the CSA. They're going to take 8 million bucks of the money of the 10 million. That's, that's significant. And if you look at national teams around the world, that they don't get that percentage. Mm-hmm. You know, they're well, doing the one best of these they days can. We'll get- guests on the show um, when all this clears to yeah. maybe add some clarity on both sides because it's hard to find them right now and understandably they don't want to talk publicly um, yeah. but there's a lot of misinformation out there I think right now a lot of finger pointing and all I'm going to say is there's enough blame to go around so share the wealth here <laughs> so to yeah. speak excuse it's only pun. been the last couple of years that anybody's given a shit <laughs> yeah that's true yeah, well, right? that's, that's it too and perfect example is this suit thing and i just want to add some clarity to this suit thing because I, I and i will admit that i actually know one of the people involved with this suit company and as soon as this came out i felt very bad for it because i know it's only because all of a sudden people's eyes are on um canada soccer that this is a deal that would light the internet on fire as it did um they had done a design deal a brand deal with atiba hutchinson uh, previously to this deal with the CSA. And in reality, it's every federation at any level, no matter what federal funding they have, spends some type of budget on dress and wardrobe and travel. Yes. And so through this existing relationship or whatever, knowing this relationship existed between Atiba and this uh, Canadian designer and clothing brand, um, mm-hmm. they they did a deal, which is not abnormal for no any federation at that level in, its, um, in itself is, is, is no problem at all. It's just the timing of it. And then yeah, just, exactly. you know, everybody's, everybody's ready to, Oh, here's another thing. Then look at them in their suits. Right. Well, mm. oh, it, like- it makes it seem even smaller. Doesn't it? Honestly, when people complain about this suits and iPads, I mean, for Christ's sakes, <laughs> there's anyway, there's we're poor. So I mean, as an, aso- as a Canadian no. association soccer in this country, we are poor. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Can I say one one more thing about in changing that us as a soccer nation? Um, I think we're we're all the types of Canadians that uh, care about the environment. You probably make sure you flip all the lights off, charms, when you leave the room. Am I correct? So I say again, I, I missed you there. You cut out. You flip the lights off, like you're. We're all environmentalists in the sense of we want to, you know, preserve the planet. Of course. You turn the lights off. You make sure the water doesn't run. 
tell you yep. one thing that I've continued to do, and now I do on multiple devices, is if I am unable to watch a match that I know is on, particularly a Canadian match, I leave it on. Whether it's on cable or whether it's streaming, I leave it on because I want that number to count for having been watched through. Because I'm likely to watch it anyway, but in the event that I'm not able to. So I want to take the dogs out for a walk. I forget. You're fucking what. crazy, aren't you? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? That's that's a called support local football. What do you mean it's crazy? Wait, you go for a walk with your dog and just leave it like, I don't know what you're just yeah. for the Just for the number. Leave the TV on. But I, I, you can't watch everything. I'm just like, there's definitely, you know, there's an FC Edmonton Valor game in the middle of August that I can yeah. afford to spend this time with my dog and my wife as opposed to sit there and watch what uh, DeSantis's brother is doing with Valor. <laughs> so I leave it on so that the number counts. So the view counts. So people it, know that people are interested. And that is actually so you're, you're, on television? television? I'm talking about the stream. You're just putting, stream. What he's saying, he's putting Canadian soccer ahead of the world. Thank you. Ahead of the environment. And energy saving, yes. Yep, yep. And that, right. that might That's cost us, you know, when we're in the, those last moments before the sun explodes and burns us all to a crisp, I I'll be thinking, think man, if only fucking Dunlop had, had turned that TV off on yeah. that walk of Samsonite, yeah. I'd have another second here alive on this earth. The sun is going to swallow us all because Dunlop had to leave that yeah. HFX Pacific game on. <laughs> we're, about, we're just about to have a we're just about to have a World Cup at the uh, in a country. Is uh, probably the second most polluter in the world. Shh, but that's okay. Shh. Can't criticize. Oh, can't criticize. Um, let's let's end, <laughs> end on, a, on a good note. Craig, I did send um, that review to you on the dark web. Could you read it out for oh, us? Oh, yes, you did. Yes, and this was from uh, Roberto Manias via <laughs> Apple Podcasts. Sure. 30, this is a little review, 33% footy, 33% personality, 30% random. Gave us a five-star. You never know what to expect when I tune in. Even though you'd think it'd be 100% footy talk, that's what makes this podcast so awesome. Somewhere in each show, there's a dozen of gems and insight and collective group of damn knowledgeable dudes. By the way, epileptic <laughs> is a terminal disease. Say that last sentence again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Say it again. Apoplectic. <laughs> Apoplectic. Epileptic. Apoplectic. It's a word that Charmin started using on the every show, show recently. I try and I feel confident, and I'll, I'll try and spit it out, and I, I mash it up every time. But regardless, I think I got the the meaning wrong anyway. It's a terminal yes, disease. Because apoplect apo apoplectic is a term so I use disease. it in the, as I understood it. It's just speech impediment. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> to me, it means when you're absolutely beside yourself with anger and fury. I'm apoplectic. But I guess that is wrong. So I, I shan't use it again. Anyway, see, thanks, Craig. That's why you should read these things out. <laughs> thanks, Roberto. That Appreciate that. That's a nice review, though. It is. I think it's fair to say, 33% 33% personality, 33% random. Well, I think we only had 50% of the Footy Prime crew on today's episode, so mm -hmm. I'm all we'll about throwing it, these we? numbers. There's a 19% <laughs> yeah. there's a 19% yeah, chance that Canada does this uh, deal with the with the players before the tournament starts, and there's a 19% chance that Steven Ostakiu scores against the Belgian national team after scoring against Belgian club Brugge. Yeah, but none of and those players play for Belgium. Chance. Villa succeed with Unai Emery. Oh, yeah? I'll take that. See you in the Europa League, Charms. Yep. <laughs> hey, <laughs> listen. See you in the Europa League. Going to win it this year and qualify that way. All right, everyone. That's it. Um, don't forget, FuboTV.com is your source for all your Premier League needs. We are back on Friday with this. No, news and such. I really That's hate it. these names, by the way. I've got to say it. We've got to change these names up. Anyway, news okay, and such. Friday, back with Wonga, back with JC, back with Jimmy, perhaps, who knows? Maybe. Craig will be here. He's here, and I'll be here. Thanks very much. Keep buying newspapers and cheers for this. Follow us on Twitter at footy underscore prime and on Instagram at footy prime IG. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.